gotta run deep to hold on to the truth that we're carrying. And love is the space between, the space between the seed and the whole tree. What do you say? What's in your soul? Put in the time and let it all go. Root to rise, root to rise, sunshine on root to rise, root to rise, root to rise, root to rise, sunshine on root to rise, root to rise. Hello, friend. I'm Rachel Olaya, and this is Root to Rise. Welcome. I'm grateful and blessed to be here with you. This is a podcast for those of you who are putting in the sweet effort of living into a different way of being human. For those rooting down and rising up into the most beautiful world you know is possible. In this podcast, we will be exploring a wide range of topics, including conscious motherhood, spirituality and homesteading, marriage, homeschooling, healing, and more. This podcast comes from the living laboratory that is my own life, which incorporates an exploration of what it means to hospice the old dying ways of being out of this world and midwifing into life and existence that centers love, compassion, beauty, truth, and freedom. So get comfortable, maybe grab a tea or a coffee and sit down and journey with me. I'll be sharing podcasts weekly, and I look forward to receiving input from you. Please feel free to subscribe on your favorite podcast directory and leave us a rating or a view if it resonates. Thanks so much for being here, and I look forward to seeing where this journey takes us. friends. Welcome. I'm Rachel Olaya, and this is Root to Rise. I'm so glad you found your way here. We're on episode number five now. And when I was sitting with the topic that I felt compelled to speak about with you today, I feel almost a sense of nervousness because I myself am deep in process around this topic and I feel like I want to push back a little bit against what dominant culture 
what I would say dominant culture calls like expert culture, I suppose. You know, only validating the educational credentials of higher learning institutions and dismissing or ignoring the very real mycelial intelligence that is sort of permeating the world (laughs) and making itself known in a variety of iterations as truth. And that doesn't actually have to do with whatever letters you have behind your name, how much money you make, how many followers you have on social media, how famous you are, how many books you've written, (laughs) you know? So I'm here in process with you on most, if not all, of the things that I talk about. And I tend to shy away from uh, talking about that or talking about topics that feel a little bit risky. (laughs) I have actually recorded this podcast like twice already and just sat on the full recorded episode choosing not to share it. And I've thought about why that is. And I feel like there's a fear that I have that I will look back and listen to some of these episodes or read some of my writing as I have before and kind of cringe, (laughs) you know, because I don't, don't agree with it anymore. I don't resonate. Um, But I think that there's value in being really transparent and vulnerable in our processes. And so I'm going to walk the talk and practice what I preach and just show up and, you know, share from the heart. As usual, I take a moment before I record to pray that I can be a channel of the highest good and bring in only truth. And when I say truth, I mean truth with a capital T. (laughs) Now, I'm going to, I'm going to, use that as a segue because that's really the topic that I want to that I want to discuss today is truth. And truth unlike what my culture taught me is something that is uh 
is immutable, is inherent, is indestructible, is cosmic, is eternal, is objective, and is not decided upon by man or humankind, mankind. So I was taught, or there's, there's I suppose, a, an overarching belief that truth is relative, right? Like there's my truth and your truth, and it's personal. I'm going to push back on that today in this episode. And claim otherwise. So truth with a capital T is universal. And this is something that is rooted in a concept called natural law, which essentially is a set of governing principles that govern or uh, what's another word I could use? that mm, direct the reality in this universe. It's a, it's a mechanism that responds to the behavior of beings who contain the capacity to know the difference between harmful and non-harmful actions. So when I say truth, I mean that which is good, that which is wise, that which is moral, that which is life-giving and life-supporting, that which is aligned with divine natural law. And I want to contrast that with the more personal experiences that we have. So there is the truth, and then there is my perceptions, my experiences, my thoughts, my beliefs, my interpretations, my feelings, my emotions, my opinions. And then there is the truth. This honestly goes against so much of what I've been told. And I want to say that I'm not here to berate, abuse, um, or cause harm to those of you who have perceptions, experiences, thoughts, beliefs, opinions, emotions, feelings, interpretations, Opinions. Did I say opinions? (laughs) 
that are different than my own. So I'm not here to um, cause harm in order to share this message. Now, I will say (laughs) that we live in a time where we are taught to deny the existence of absolute truth. We live in a time where we are we are taught to tolerate that which is wrong, immoral, and ignorant. We are living during a, a time where we are taught to make space for energies and entities and people and trends and a culture that is anti-life rooted in war, death, destruction, enslavement, and suffering. And I'm going to go on a limb here and say that all of us exist with some level of trauma, whether it's from our own personal lived experience as children living in a culture that is not supportive of life or it's within the sort of epigenetic makeup of our family. So when we're confronted with truth it often feels, uh, there's often like static there. There is tension. <clears throat> and there's something that I've been tracking, like a pattern that I've been tracking lately around this idea of harm. And I think it is very much informed by these widespread patterns of trauma. And that is that we have in many ways become hypervigilant to harm. And that is a trauma response. Um, when, when we have a hypervigilant response, we experience... Um, or are more uh, alert to things going wrong or harm occurring because that kept us alive at one point. So we, we find all the ways that things could go wrong. And sort of tune out the rest of our experience and all of our energy goes into that sort of hyper defensive state and you have a lot of misinterpretation of harm 
So let me give an example. I see many times on social media, especially conversations around harm, harm done. And many times that it's claimed that harm has been caused it's clear to me that it hasn't (laughs) and that there are certain dynamics playing out with regards to this hypervigilance where someone has a response to an experience and they feel an intense emotional uh, or they have an intense emotional experience in response and they interpret that as the other causing them harm when it's actually only been that individual's emotional essentially trauma response being activated or triggered. So when we talk about truth, what can often happen is that we we can have this experience of being triggered. And when we're face to face with truth, sometimes it hurts. It hurts because it annihilates the self-serving ego. The truth is combative because it slices through all of our social conditioning and our perceptual distortions that color our experience that really prioritize a false sense of security over all else. The truth can be intimidating because it threatens the systems that exist, the systems of mind control, the systems of power and of dominance the systems of um, yeah the systems that keep us enslaved really under a, a kind of mass hypnosis repeating and playing out these trauma responses and coping mechanisms keeping us under the thumb and more easily controlled. The truth is confronting because it brings us face to face with the harsh reality of our ignorance. And when we have a story about ignorance as being wrong and feeling shame around that. We don't want to go there. It's too painful. 
we don't have the tools or the capacity in our nervous system even to alchemize that shame and process that experience. The truth is disarming because frankly, it exposes that much of what we've been taught to believe is in fact wrong. I have gone through a really intense unraveling myself these last few years, in particular these last two years. And I was speaking with a friend of mine the other night about this and about how nearly two years ago I had a few months where everything (laughs) that I believed to be true, everything that I thought was real was kind of pulled out, like the rug was pulled out from underneath me and it began, it all began to unravel and it was extremely disorienting because the foundation of my life essentially came crumbling down and everything on top of it too. And I'm very, very grateful that I have strong, a strong marriage and a very intimate and supportive relationship with the land and with myself and with my body. And I have certain practices and I have knowledge of certain tools to keep me grounded and stable that helped to bring me through and midwife me through that process. But I recognize that most people in the world, many people in the world, do not have that. And so when faced with truth, the cognitive dissonance is so great that it is next to impossible to integrate that new information because it means that you would have to question and ultimately let go of nearly everything that you've been told is true that is in fact wrong and the truth is wholly inconvenient (laughs) because it, it is exceedingly difficult to accept responsibility for the ways we've been living out of alignment and to actually invest an effort in changing our behavior to align with that which is true, good, right, moral. I think one of the hardest lessons in this life 
is taking responsibility for the ways that we've been out of alignment with truth. Recognizing and owning up to the to the times and the patterns and the behaviors that are rooted in untruth. So I will inevitably be be misunderstood in what I'm saying. I will no doubt invite disagreement by sharing this. And that's okay. So be it. I have made the decision and come to a place of recognition where I am not here to be agreeable. I am here to speak, share, and embody truth with a capital T. My core value is truth. In addition to beauty and freedom. And all of that is rooted in love. And if my actions, my thoughts, my behaviors, my words are aligned, that is what I call integrity. So the highest truth, when you're pondering here on what that is, is ultimately the golden rule. Do unto others as they would do unto you. Or another way to say that, do not do to others what you don't want done to you. So that, that is truth. That is natural law. Of course, we, we exist on a continuum of sorts, right? Between truth and untruth. Good and wrong. And there is a line, really, that you have to draw on that continuum. And in my humble opinion, I see that dominant culture seeks to push that line as far as possible in the direction of untruth and say, this is okay, it's good, it's right, it's moral. But at some point we have to hold that line and say, no, no, it's not. So there's a one more dynamic that I want to talk about with regards to this. And it has to do with like a purity of intention. And this concept of purity and purification, I think, has been really um, wound up in many of us to a kind of religious trauma. That is my observation. 
that in my own experience, I have really pushed back against even just using this word. Like it just rubs me the wrong way. Purity, pure. And I want to clarify what I mean when I say that. So when I say pure intention or purification, it's very much connected to the fire and water elements. When looking through a sort of quantum perspective and from this perspective we see fire like the fire just essentially burning away anything that which is not truth and one of the prayers that I repeat in my life has to do with sitting in that fire and allowing the fires of truth to make their way with me and to be willing to sit in the fire and also with the water elementals like washing away that which is untrue that which is ignorant, that which is wrong, that which is anti-life. So when we purify, when we sit in the fire, when we wash away, and we allow those holy waters to make their way through us, we experience a kind of release of disingenuous, dishonest, mal-aligned, misaligned, manipulative, self-serving motivations. We experience a dissolving of distortions, inversions, overlays, reversals that seek to control, that seek personal gain, that seek importance, approval, superiority, status, worship. We break the spells that cause enslavement where we become the master or we become the slave where we move from a a state or a space where we are in service to the small ego, in service to the self, me, 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 and we graduate into a place of service to others. And then we, we actually get to move into an even higher state of being in service to truth, 
we let go of that which is not organically ours. It's like the ultimate stay in your lane process. So this is a process of, of clarity, of coming back to center, of coming back to our, our heart, back, to, back into authentic relationship with God. A process of connecting back to source for our life force rather than appropriating siphoning, pillaging, consuming, devouring, cannibalizing the energy of others. I often think of this phrase in one of my favorite Bob Marley songs where he says, Babylon system is the vampire. So in purifying ourselves, our intentions, our actions, our lives, we are unplugging from that system. We are plugging back into source and we are moving from a state of vampiric parasitism, of ignorance, into that which is grounded in absolute truth. That which is aligned with natural law. This mechanism which maintains order and structure in the universe so that freedom and beauty can be expressed. There's... An aha moment I had recently about this phrase, high vibe or high frequency. And there is a teacher who talks about natural law and truth. His name is Mark Passio. He has a long seminar uh up on his YouTube channel. It's maybe like eight, eight hours long. Um, if you are interested more in some of these topics, I recommend checking his work out. I believe his, his website is what on earth is happening.com. And he described this phrase of high vibe, high frequency, in a way that really made sense to me. Now, if you can visualize this, I will offer a visual cue <laughs> where you think of truth as like this, this straight line. And you imagine there being sort of a frequency wavelength a vibration that is low vibration traveling over the length of this line. Now, if you superimpose one on the other, a low vibration would intersect that line 
infrequently. Whereas a high vibration would intersect that line much more frequently. And this is what is being referred to when we talk about high vibe or high frequency or raising your frequency or things being low frequency is that they are in connection with truth with a capital T more or less often. And there is an approach that I want to share that is really helpful or has been helpful for me in this process, and that is curiosity. So bringing a curious heart, we don't have to pile on or compact the shame of realizing or recognizing when we are out of alignment with truth. But bringing a curious heart allows us to be open, inviting, uh, in, in a process of wandering or wondering, bringing a certain innocence to our process as we learn and grow and shift and change and evolve. So as we come into high frequency, into a greater alignment with truth and natural law, and into a more authentic relationship with ourselves, the world, and our creator, When we gain greater clarity, purify our intentions, step onto a path and embody that which is organically ours, we do it from a place of love, from a place of beauty, from a place of holding freedom as our highest expression. So I think that's all I have for now. (laughs) This feels rather vulnerable for me to share. So I appreciate you being here with me and receiving it. I'd love to hear feedback. You can always reach out to me on Instagram at rachel.alaya, R-A-C-H-A-E-L dot A-L-A-I-A. I'm working on releasing my new website soon, so I'm hoping to have that up for y'all in the next couple weeks. And I'll have more show notes there eventually so you can reference some of these episodes um, and get some of, you know, the information that I've shared and 
resources, etc. Um, but you can also email me. I'm at rachel.alaya at protonmail.com. If you enjoyed this episode, if it resonates with you, if it challenges you, if you'd like to share it, I encourage you to do so. And I also ask that you leave us a rating or a review on your favorite podcast directory. I listen on Apple Podcasts, so if you get a chance to hop on there, leave a review, that would be awesome. I would so appreciate it. I think I checked it this morning. We have seven five-star reviews. Woohoo! Thank you. (laughs) All right, so I, I love you all. I hope you have a beautiful week, and I look forward to the next time we meet. Have a good one. Root to rise, root to rise, root to rise, root to rise.